thank you so much for being here to receive the gift of that story. If you found this episode worthwhile, please pass it on by sharing the link as well as rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the That's Allowed podcast. It costs you nothing and it makes a huge difference. And speaking of things that cost you nothing and make a huge difference, please stop by my website, thatsallowed.com, to get your free guided ideal scene meditation and to set up your free discovery call today. It would be my honor to help you release your masterpiece to the waiting world. Hey everyone, welcome to the Let's Aloud podcast. This is your hostess, Adrienne McKeon, and today we are here with Anne Livingston. Welcome, Anne. Please Thank introduce you. yourself. Yes, so my name is Anne Livingston, and uh, it's funny because I've I've evolved so much over the last few years that it's like I have to remember like who am I introducing myself as today? You know, like which version of myself am I today? And I'm really an author. I've really um, for the last six and a half years, I was I was a coach, I was a mentor. Um, I was on my own spiritual journey. I actually started coaching six and a half years ago in the health and wellness arena. And then that evolved into spiritual mindset coaching. And as I was entering into my own spiritual awakening and really helping my clients with their mindset and the stories that were holding them back, you know, their limiting beliefs. And then from there, I, I'm a natural writer. I've loved writing my entire life. And I was sharing my story authentically on social media and through blogs. And I had people saying to me, I can't wait until you write your book. And I was like, that's so interesting because I didn't know I was writing a book, but um, yeah. Right. So, but people were really, I was receiving a lot of messages over the years saying that they really connected with my story. They connected with things that I had gone through and how I was, um, you know, how I was really choosing to rise above contrast. And, and I realized like there, there was only so much I could do with mentoring people or telling people certain things online. I was saying the same thing over and over and over again. And I was like, okay, I do need to write a book, which is the first book of my three book series. So that when someone asked, asks, how did you do this? How did you go from point A to point B? I can say, here's my story. It's all in there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. and I'm really, I'm an author, speaker, storyteller, mentored nomad. I was an, an intuitive nomad for the last three years, which is a huge part of my story. And here I am. <laughs> okay. So I'll just throw this next question out there and see uh, what it sparks in you. Yeah. What's the story you're not telling? Hmm. I mean, I, I, hmm. because I tell so much of my story, I would say the story that I oftentimes put to the wayside is, is my story as a teacher. So I, I, sometimes when I introduce myself, I do say, you know, I started off as an early childhood educator and I was a teacher for seven years. And that is a piece of my identity. But, you know, when you look at the fact I'm 38 right now. And so you look at 38 years, like which piece of your story do you pull out and tell people, which becomes right. so much of your identity, right? Yeah, and sure. so I would say that the piece of my story <clears throat> that I've really kind of laid down to rest would be, you know, I was a, an elementary school teacher for seven years. When I lived in Gainesville, Florida, I was in a band. I, I played electric violin in a band for seven years. That was kind of my old identity that I don't full, it informs who I am, of course, you know, but it's not really what I put forward to everyone else. Let me, let me ask it a different way. What do you think is a story that isn't told enough in our world today? Oh, well, I know how to answer that one. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might like that one better. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you like like pick different questions out of a hat. Which one? Which one yeah, which know, one? Gives, which gives is going to open? Let's see. Yeah. What do I got here? The, the story that's not told enough is actually the reason I wrote my book is because when I hit my first rock bottom in 2016, which was my my partner at the time was overseas for an internship. I was severely codependent. I was really struggling with him being gone. And I ended up very cliche, you know, eat, pray, love style on my bathroom floor, sobbing, praying to a God I didn't have a relationship with. Like, I think many of us have had that <laughs> level of a story, right? I was like, wait, am I Elizabeth Gilbert? Um, and, and so that catapulted me into my spiritual awakening. It catapulted me into my dark night of the soul. And I went on this journey of learning how to love myself. And I was sharing very publicly online because that, you know, that was what I, that's what I was doing. Sharing publicly online, talking about the fact that I didn't realize I was codependent. I didn't realize that I was putting all of my happiness into my partner. I didn't realize that I didn't know how to love myself. I didn't realize that I was an alcoholic. I didn't, I didn't realize all these things about myself. And I had people coming back at me. They were uncomfortable with how vulnerable I was being. Mm. Right. And so I was fine with the fact that I was being vulnerable because I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person who's ever experienced this. So let me show you what's (laughs) happening. And, and they were like, are you okay talking about that? Are you, it's like, all of a sudden there's like this pity, right? Is people kind of wanted to shut me up a little bit. And then I started also getting backlash from certain family members saying, I think you're crying a lot. I think you're crying a little too much. I think maybe you should go to the doctor. I think maybe you should, you know, get checked out for depression. I think maybe there's, there's something wrong with your thyroid. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that I'm unpacking 34 years of limiting beliefs. And I'm just crying because I actually have never learned how to feel my feelings. And now it's all coming out. And I realized people don't actually know what the healing process looks like. And there's so much shame around what we experience behind closed doors and within our four walls. And I was like, I, at that point, I couldn't find another book, another podcast, another teacher who was actually saying what I was experiencing. And again, I was like, I know I'm not the only person who's ever experienced this. And I don't want anyone else to ever feel like they're alone in that process. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to write it. Then I'm going to be as open as possible. And, and so I had to heal a lot of my shame, obviously, in order to put it out publicly. But, but that was a huge piece is that people aren't talking about what healing actually looks like. Yeah. So beautiful. So, so we have in your hero's journey story, we have the separation, right? So you've been separated from your tribe here. They're saying, I don't get what's going on with you. You're crying a lot. It's freaking me out. You're being way too vulnerable. You've got the separation. So the next stage is initiation. So what did you do to get initiated into this higher wisdom? I hired a coach. I hired, nice. a, I hired, a, I hired a mentor. Um, I, I was very self-aware at that point. I mean, I'm still self-aware, but I was very self-aware at that point. I was like, okay, I understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I just can't figure out how to stop doing what I'm doing. And so I was working with a coach at the time and that was, I started, that's when I really started to unpack a lot of that stuff. Um, when, when I was in the depths of that darkness, I started to take action on, I was already working out. I was already nourishing my body, but I wasn't meditating much. I wasn't really spending a lot of time with myself. And so I started implementing meditation and I, 
was, I really struggled with that because it was very uncomfortable for me to sit alone with myself. And I was talking to a friend at the time and she said, you know, or I said to her, I don't want to meditate. And she asked why. And I said, cause I keep crying. And she said, well, you have to like, you won't always cry at some point the tears will stop, but you have to keep showing up and doing that. So I did. And then the last piece that I did, which really transformed things for me was I started looking at what are things that I enjoy doing in my life that don't require money or other people? Mm. What, where do I become really aligned with my passion? And you know, what, what can I do that makes me feel really alive and feel that level of joy again, you know, that again, isn't dependent on my partner to be right there. And so I started going out for walks and sitting under trees and cooking and knitting and writing. And, you know, and I was like, wow, I actually have all of these interests but I had forgotten that I had those interests because I was so focused on all the things outside of me. So the tide starts to turn. Yeah. Things are, things are going better. Right. Was there a kind of moment where you realized kind of looking back, like, wait, things are better now. I've had obviously moments we have, um, milestones, right. We have different milestones, but I would say the first major milestone that I had was there was a morning I was getting ready. I had gotten dressed. I was finishing like the last little, you know, pieces of getting ready. And I caught a glance of myself in the mirror. And for the first time I didn't pick myself apart. I experienced genuine love in my body. And I started crying because I was like, I've never felt that way about myself. And so it was that like, Oh my God, I don't, at that point, I didn't have the awareness of what I was doing that was working. I just knew that whatever I was doing was working, you know? Right. Yes. So what, what were the specific routines or things that you kind of put in place uh, at that time that have continued on? So I stick with the body, mind, and soul routine. And and I work on that with my clients too. So it's, you know, working out every single day. If it's a rest day, maybe it's stretching or yoga or going for a walk, you know, something, but still some form of movement Mm -hmm. and then nourishing my body. You know, I'm very intentional about what I put in my body food wise and drinking lots of water. I stopped drinking. Um, And then the mind piece is meditation filling my mind with positive thoughts and not bypassing, you know, not like affirming things that I don't believe to be true. Cause I think that there's definitely a way to do that. That is not helpful, but I listen to certain podcasts. I read certain books. I don't watch a lot of tell, like I watch barely any television and that's, that's by choice, you know, because I know what I feel like when I numb out in those ways. And then the soul piece is doing something, at least one thing every single day where I feel deeply connected to myself. And some of these things overlap, right? So like the body and the soul might overlap. When you move your body, you're going to feel more connected to yourself. Like if you're going out for a run, you're going to feel pretty, pretty aligned and and pretty, you know, euphoric. Um, When you're meditating, right? Like, of course, you're going to feel deeply connected to your, to your higher power, but so they do overlap, but that's the core. That's like the foundation of what has continued in my life. Beautiful. Who do you think needs to hear this? Everyone. (laughs) Um, But I think specifically moms. And I don't, I mean, I, I have worked with a lot of moms. I don't like market myself as like a mom mentor or anything, but, but I do, I have worked with a lot of moms because what I find is that mothers put all of their love into their children 
And it makes a lot of sense, right? So I'm not, I'm not knocking moms, but it's like, you give all of your power, you put all of your time, you put all of your focus into this other human being. And so many mothers out there have said to me, I don't even know what I like anymore. Like I have forgotten, I have forgotten what my interests are. And so when I help them with that routine, when they start implementing that, it transforms everything. They feel way more connected to themselves. They feel more joyful. They show up as a better mother. They show up as a better spouse or partner. And they start to realize that they can't actually show up for other people in like the most authentic and loving and compassionate way, unless they have had some time to themselves first. What do you think is the first step? Deciding. Yeah. To really decide that you're going to make time for it, you know, cause you have to decide ultimately to not make excuses, to not put it off, to not, you know, whatever it may be. So I think just deciding and maybe even before deciding, have the, having the awareness and being honest with yourself about what you're not doing. Yeah. Can you say more about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think like you can't make any changes in your life until until you're aware of it, right? If you don't even know that it's happening, mm-hmm. like if you don't even know that you're putting yourself on the back burner, or if you don't even know that you're constantly lashing out at your partner because you feel like they are somehow responsible for your happiness, if you don't understand or have the having or have the awareness of that you're doing these things, period, or why you're doing these things, then you won't make the change. And if you even attempt to make the change, then it's not going to stick. It's kind of like trying to lose weight because you think that you will somehow be happier once you lose 10 pounds. <laughs> but if you don't know why you're not happy in the first place, it doesn't matter if you lose 10 pounds, you're still not going to be happy. Same thing with the money, right? Like it, it can, it's anything external. It's, it's all codependent relationships. You can be codependent yeah. with money. You can be codependent with alcohol. You can be codependent with relationships. You can be codependent with social media. Like it's anything outside of you that you try to use to fill that void. Yeah. So it sounds like self-acceptance or self-awareness is self-awareness actually the first for sure. step. Yeah. yeah. So how do you, how do you cultivate that self-curiosity? I started asking myself, like, why, why are things happening the way they're happening? I just started to really slow down. And like, so for instance, in my relationship at that time, I realized that I was constantly starting arguments and I didn't really know why. And I realized that, you know, jealousy was coming up and lack of trust was coming up. And I realized that all of these patterns that were coming up, I had experienced in the relationship before that and the relationship before that and the relationship before that. And I had to start looking at the fact that, you know, did my partners have their own things to work on? Absolutely. There are two people in a relationship and we all have our own journey but I had to take personal responsibility for the fact that I was the common denominator. (laughs) And so if I'm the common denominator, then something is going on within me. And, and, and then I had to be honest with myself too, and say, if I don't know how to do this, then I need to hire someone who can help me. I need to get a mentor. I need to get a coach. I need to get support because clearly there are experts out there who have done this and know how to help me. So why am I trying to do this on my own? Absolutely. Uh, when I was an executive assistant, uh, my boss used to always say, it may not be your fault, but it is your responsibility. 
Yep. And that really stuck with me. And I'm writing my second book right now. So I was just working on this earlier today, talking about that common denominator and recognizing like, <laughs> hmm, who was in all those relationships? This guy. Yeah. So, yep. <laughs> so it may not be your fault that these things are happening, but it's still your responsibility to become aware of that pattern and do everything that you can to change you. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Guess what? You can't change anybody else. Right. Much as you might want to, and much as you might try. <laughs> and honestly, like work. going along that, I started realizing that everything I was trying to fix in my partner, I was actually avoiding in myself. Mm. And so when I started looking at why am I trying to behave or why am I trying to fix these behaviors in him? Like, why am I trying to control how much he drinks? Maybe I need to take a look at how much I am drinking. And it, and I really had to like, you know, point the finger back at myself because I was like, I need to look at that first. Yeah. It's really interesting. I've, you know, I've been talking a lot about boundaries lately and the difference between a boundary and like an ultimatum or a threat, you know? And one thing I've noticed is that what happens a lot of the time is, you know, we think, oh, my partner is being so uh, mean or unfair or whatever it is, but it's really just because they're not giving you what you were hoping for. Right. Yep. And yep. so maybe they don't have that to give you and that may not be their fault either. And it may not be their responsibility. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to provide that need for right. you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> kind of fill, fill your own cup, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, we're going to move to, actually, let me ask you this. Okay. What do you think is the main message or takeaway? Like if you have in front of you someone who is really struggling right now, they're in a codependent situation, like your, your ultimate client is a mom. She's really struggling. She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know what she likes. She doesn't know what she wants. Um, what, what do you want to say to her right now? Go back to who you were as a child hmm. because your child ultimately has this I don't, I hate to use the word secrets, but it has the clues. Like you, you know who you were as a child. You know what you love to do. You know what made you laugh. You know what made you feel really excited. And now granted there, you know, like, so here's an example. When I was a child, I, I had this, you know, play kitchen and I, I had a, um, a restaurant, you know, and it was like, and I, and I went through all the motions and I was making, I was making food for my family. And so it's like, it's not like I'm going to bring in obviously the toy kitchen, but it's like, what, what's underneath that underneath that I was an entrepreneur at heart. I just didn't know I was an entrepreneur, you know, underneath all of that, I clearly like to cook there, you know, so I put myself back in the kitchen. I dive back into my business, of course, in a way that's healthy, not to escape, you know, feelings and all of that, but writing, writing was another thing that I really loved as a child. And so I had to really look at that. So I would say, go back to your child, you know, your old, your inner child, your child self, and start to pull in some of those things. Reading is a thing for me. Coloring is a thing for me. And you will connect. And once you connect to that part, other little hints and clues and, you know, intuitive hits will start to come through as far as what, what to do next. Beautiful. I love that. So we're going to shift gears. Okay. And I'm going to do a little exercise with you. This is my favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to have you close your eyes. Very good. And I'm going to wave this magic wand. And now all of your dreams have come true. Everything you want, everything you desire, 
has now come to pass. And so I just want you to look around this perfect ideal existence that you are now in, in present time, and describe it to me. What do you see? What do you hear? Taste, touch, smell? What's bringing you meaning? Who's here? What's going on? I just have to quickly say that I have one of one of my business partners likes to do this activity. And I'm always the worst. <laughs> great. <laughs> this is great. I'm glad that this is being recorded right now. <laughs> You're welcome. She, she, yeah, she loves it. And I'm like, oh man, I hate this activity, but I, I'll totally do it. No, so. <laughs> well, let's talk for a minute about that. Let's, before we do this, let's talk for a minute about what, what do you think is that block? What do you think is that resistance to this? Why do you hate it so much? Why is it uncomfortable for you? I think it's because I'm not, I'm not a super, I'm visual, but I'm not visual as far as like, like I'm not a descriptive visual Mm -hmm. person. You know what I mean? Like even in my writing, I'm not super descriptive. I'm, I'm all feeling based. Okay. So, um, so there's that. The second thing is that I have multiple visions, Mm -hmm. you know, and and this Mm -hmm. actually, I have clients who struggle with this too, right. Where they're like, which vision am I working towards? I'm like, whichever one comes up first, but, but I, okay. I can, yeah, I, I, yeah. Then let's, then let's focus on the feelings. Let's okay. focus on the core desired feelings that are coming okay. up from this. Okay. Cool. So everything's perfect. You have what you want. What do you feel in this perfect space? Freedom and expansion. Hmm. And do any sounds, colors, anything else come up with that? I always feel most free in nature and I really love mountains. Beautiful. It's like mountains and trees. Mm -hmm. Can you feel the ground beneath your feet? Yes. Can you feel a little bit of a breeze on you? Yep. What can you smell? Pine trees. Mm, pine trees. Do you hear anything? Birds. Mm-hmm. Birds, maybe your own feet as they step. Yeah. Anything else coming up in this beautiful, natural space where you feel absolutely free? A lake. A lake. Tell me about the lake. Like well, I'm like taken back to Northern California and I loved Lake Tahoe. Mm. How blue is the water? Super blue. Super blue. <laughs> it's really, really blue. Yeah. <laughs> Tahoe is magical. It has like magical energy. Feel that magical energy. Just feel that. Breathe that in. So I want you to think back to the moment before you got here to this beautiful natural space. You were bringing meaning to your life by doing some sort of activity. What was it? Every, everything that I do. So writing, speaking, coaching. So let's have you speaking. Okay. You're speaking and I want you to see someone in the audience who's just really getting it. 
they are getting it and you can see it in their eyes that they're waking up and having a revelation right now and feel what that feels like. Can you describe that feeling for me? What they're feeling like? What, what I'm feeling fe- like? What you're feeling like seeing that, knowing that you just made that impact on that person. It fills my heart with joy. Like my heart just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> Exploding heart. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that one a lot. Yeah. So taking as looking back from here, just back into your memory, what had to happen for this to be possible? For where I'm at right now? Yeah. So you're in this space, you're, you're speaking, you've got the freedom you want. You've got everything that you've ever wanted. What was it that had to happen for this to be possible? I had to let go of everyone else's rules. Oof. Yep. That's a big one. That was a hard one. <laughs> yeah. That was a really hard one for me. And it was the most important thing because I had to, I had to be okay with other people not agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. I had to be okay with people not supporting me. I had to be okay with people not loving me. And I had to deeply honor what was true for me. Yeah. Okay. Open your eyes. Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. So, so that, that letting go and like, you know, just courageously saying, no, I'm going to do things my way. Tell me a little bit more about that and that process. What were some obstacles that you came up against and how did you overcome them? Yeah. So, I mean, that's ultimately what happened when I, when I was in Chicago and the relationship ended and I got an intuitive hit in 2017 that was sell all your shit and hit the road. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I didn't think, I didn't think my business was stable enough. I had two cats and no car. Like it, it made no logical sense. And all I knew was that it gave me butterflies and felt exciting. And I felt like it was going to take me down the path of something bigger, something more. And I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't see it. Right. But it was just like, I could, I could visualize myself. I like kept having this vision of like road tripping across the U S and I was like, I don't know where it's leading me, but I want that life. And so I, I said yes to it. And I started getting rid of things, you know, bit by bit. And as I started telling people, it was, how are you going to make money? It's not sustainable. It's crazy. You know, it was all the, all the doubts that I had started coming up. How are you going to do that? You have, you have two cats, you have no car, you know, how are you going to afford it? Cause I really wanted to stay in Airbnbs. And, um, I just kept going back to my meditation pillow and I, and I kept meditating and I kept feeling the feelings and paying attention to the the limiting beliefs that kept telling me I couldn't do it. And I started to, I'm not a mom, so I don't, I don't know what it's like to feel that protection for a child. However, the only thing I can relate it to is that I got the mama bear energy for myself that I had this like back the F off. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me who to be. Don't tell me what is possible for me. And if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say, say it at all, <laughs> you know? And I just kind of like almost energetically pushed people away as a space, like as a way of being able to protect my vision and protect my dream. And, and I did cut some people out and not, not in a negative way, not in a hurtful way. It was all came from a place of love, but it was just like, I need to do what's right for me now. And you can either support me or you can step away and we can, you know, talk again once you're on board or you're never on board. Right. But I I just kept leaning into, 
I will never know what is truly possible for me unless I follow this. And it, it was not easy. I hit rock bottom multiple times and I, and I write very openly about it, but it was hands down the best thing I've ever done in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> can you, you go say, more? <laughs> yeah. Can you say more about what, what, how did it change you? What was so great about it? It changed everything. It changed everything about me. So I, I believed that safety and security and stability came from things outside of me. I thought it came from having a home. I thought it came from having money. I thought it came from, I had been married and divorced before my last relationship. So I thought, you know, I was like, I had all of these beliefs and I, I had many moments where I didn't have money. Business was not coming in. There have been moments where I left one Airbnb and wasn't sure where I was going to sleep the next night. And I had to really lean on my unconditional faith. Like I cultivated a relationship with God, but I don't care what people call it. It's just an energy mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, I cultivated a relationship with that so that I could trust myself. I really cultivated this level of, of deep intuitive knowing and, um, And I was able to feel in my body, you know, if going someplace felt light or heavy, did it feel like it was the right spot? Um, Doing, making, making decisions in my business, you know, letting certain services go or not working with certain clients or not doing things just for the money. Like I had to really learn how to be happy and safe and secure and content and grateful with no money, no clients, no home, no car. And it, and, and I, and I learned it, you know, so now yeah. when I receive, it's all bonus, it's all like icing on the cake. Cause I'm like, I can literally be happy with nothing. And, and, and when you have that, cause that's the biggest fear. Most people say, yeah. I can't take the leap of faith. Cause what if I lose it all? But the thing is, if, and when you lose it all, then you have this moment where you're like, well, if I don't have money and I don't have a relationship and I don't have this and I don't have that, I might as well do what makes me happy. And then you get extreme clarity around what it is you actually want to do. And then that's when the money comes in. So, <laughs> yeah. Ain't that the truth? Yep. <laughs> God, I mean, that is just a hundred percent true. I feel like, you know, I always tell people like leap in the universe will catch you, but it's more than that. It, it's yep. exactly what you just explained that when you do lose it all and then you realize, wait a second. I didn't actually lose anything that mattered. Yep. I didn't lose anything that mattered because I didn't have anything that mattered. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. If it leaves you, it didn't really matter. It and if it's really meant matter. for you, it'll come back. That's right. Yeah. The, the bottom line is that no one can take away what is yours. Yep. And anything that you can lose was not yours. Right. And people who have really been to rock bottom, and I'm talking like people who have been homeless, people who have were like almost died or died. These are the people who I find really get it (laughs) and are just like the most grounded, grateful, you know, (laughs) generous, smart freaking people. Cause they're like, you know, all that stuff that you worry about all the time doesn't really matter. Yep. Like you drive yourself crazy worrying about this stuff. And in the, in the end, it's like, it'll work out. 
It always, it does. always does. Sometimes. It always does. And that's been, that's been my mantra. I have repeated that to myself for literal years. It'll all work out because it has to. And yeah. it always does. It always you know, does. I'm like, I don't know how it's going to work out. I just know it will. And I just, I just keep leaning on that truth. Yeah. I always like to say every story has a happy ending. It just depends on when you end the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Yeah. So is there anything else that you want the audience to know before you tell people where they can find you? I would say just keep, keep going. That, that would be the biggest thing. Keep going. If you know, cause there were, again, there were many moments where it looked hopeless and I had, again, had family members saying, maybe you should throw in the towel. Maybe you should get a job. Maybe you should do this. And I just kept leaning into my gut and tapping in. And I was like, no, no, it, my story's not done yet. My story's not done yet. I, I need to keep going. You know, I, there's still something left to learn and it's going to turn around. It's going to turn around. It's going to, I have a purpose. I have a purpose for being here. And so I just kept trusting that and taking the next step and the next step and the next step. And I just focused on the next step and not giving up and it, things continue to just blow my mind, you know, but yeah. I, it wouldn't have happened had I, had I given up. So yeah. just keep going. If you know that you are on the right path, don't worry about what other people are telling you because they can't see your vision. They can't feel what you feel. They don't know what you know. So just keep going. Yes. I must reiterate that because it is so important. The only way that you can fail is by giving up because yep. if you keep going, you're going to succeed eventually. That's what I say. I'm like, I'm just going to succeed at some point. <laughs> it's inevitable, right? Yep. You'll just yep. keep trying new things. As long as you don't keep trying the same thing over and over again. And then right. like, why isn't this working? Right. <laughs> Definition of insanity, right? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So just keep learning and trying new things and making new mistakes. Just don't make the yes. old ones. <laughs> the only mistakes are the ones you make twice, right? Right, right. <laughs> The first time it was just a learning experience. <laughs> I call them growth opportunities. When you exactly. think of it that way, then you're like, I'm gaining something from this. Yeah. So when I, uh, I won't say quit because I lost my, my last executive assistant job. Uh, I lost it by really not wanting it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you know what I mean by that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what I realized was, I, I needed to make a huge, huge change. And it was incredibly scary. And I know a lot of people listening right now know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, I took that, that scary leap of faith. And the person who had the hardest time with it was uh, the father of my daughter. And of course, you know, he was, he wanted to be supportive, but at the same time, he was like, insurance, uh, child support, kid, hello, what are you doing? And so, it was really hard for me. I think that was my biggest challenge was just being able to kind of face up to him and say, I don't know how this is going to work out, but it's going to work out and I'm going to figure it out and I'm taking responsibility for it. And I know you don't see how I'm doing that, but, but I am, and I know that I am. And there were times when, you know, the money was late and he was mad and he would, you know, send me job opportunities <laughs> on LinkedIn and things like this and go <laughs> apply for this, do this, you know, and it took just all of my strength to yeah. not just go, okay, okay, I will, I'll, I'll apply for, you know, all of these things. Um, and 
you know, and I did apply for a few of them because I was like, look, fine, I, this I could live with, you know, <laughs> like I'll apply for this one <laughs> if it'll get you off my back. But the bottom line is, you know, I knew that none of those were going to work out because I didn't want them to work out. Yeah. You know, and just being able to finally say, no, I'm not going to do that because it's actually more important to me that my daughter have an example of her mother deciding I'm going to do what I know is right. I'm going to follow my path, my passion. I'm going to give my gifts to the world and trust that there are people out there who will find them valuable than to have insurance and money for her. Because I know that as much as it sucks, you can get by without money. You can. My daughter can do it just like I did. Okay. Not that I would want that. And (laughs) you're like, I'm not condoning no money. (laughs) Right. Like I'm not condoning, don't pay your child support. Like I have worked very hard. Right. And, (laughs) and built up my business now where I can support myself and my daughter just fine. But there was certainly a long period there where it was like, what am I doing? This is insane. I have no money to put into this business. And so how do you grow a business with no money? It's really hard and it's slow, but it is <laughs> it doable. Be done, but it can be done, but it's, yep. it's a lot of work, Yeah, right? It's a it lot is. of work. Yeah. And so I just really want to encourage everyone listening out there to do exactly what you're saying. Keep going, no matter what, just keep going. If you know you're on the right path and you'll feel it, you'll feel when you're on the right path. You know, it. it's, just, it's will a start, deep gut knowing. Uh-huh. Yeah, synchronicities will start popping up. You'll start meeting people that, you know, out of nowhere. Like yesterday I had this amazing conversation with this woman who I met through something years ago. And somehow she popped up on my LinkedIn because she had commented on something that somebody else had posted. Right. And I was like, who is this? clicked on her thing. She's totally in line with exactly what I'm doing right now. But we met through something completely different years and years ago when we were both doing something else entirely. How does that happen? (laughs) I don't know. But that's the stuff that starts happening. When you know you're on the right path, the path just opens. It opens. And it may not open as quickly or in the direction that you expected (laughs) or wanted, but those doors open. They do. And you, then you do be ready to run through. (laughs) And when, and when you're honest with yourself, like I, you know, I really positioned myself as a coach for six and a half years. My background is in education. It made sense for me to really be mostly a coach. I'm a teacher at heart, but I I'm really a writer and my passion is writing. My passion is speaking. My passion is telling my story. And actually I can make a much larger impact in the lives of other people if I'm speaking on podcasts or getting speaking gigs or whatever, you know, because that, that creates a ripple effect that is different than working one-on-one. So I had to be really honest with myself and ask myself, okay, what do I really want? And then, and then it was like, once I decided to be a speaker, all these podcasting opportunities just like blew right open. And I'm like, I, you know, so it's absolutely true that once you get honest with yourself and really like answer the question of, okay, not what makes sense, but if I could have anything and do anything that I wanted and I didn't have to worry about time or money, what would that thing be? And that's where your truth is. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny that you say that because I've, I felt kind of, I had kind of an opposite journey, which is that I knew that I was good at writing 
And I knew I was good, you know, a presenter, speaker stuff. So I kind of focused on that at first. And I was really focused on like writing and helping other people with their writing and things like that. And over time, I realized, hmm, what I really want to be doing, because I would be talking to these entrepreneurs who were like, you know, I want you to write this about page for me. I'm like, okay, but can we talk about your story? Right. Like, can I help you? Can I help you actually align to your actual brand, you know, and your authentic voice? Um, and so what I started to do is have these conversations with people where I realized, wait a second, I'm coaching them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being a coach, right? I couldn't stop myself. I was like, okay, wait, but let me ask you some questions here. <laughs> and so I came to coaching actually via writing. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think the two are very intricately tied. They really just, are. Just yeah. like you said, that, that the writing just is a way of coaching more people. And yep. the coaching is a way of helping people get their, their product, their creativity out there. And sometimes that's writing. Sometimes that's a podcast. Sometimes that's a performance. It's, you know, any number of things, whatever it is that, that helps them communicate or express their kind of core message. And as Absolutely. time goes by, yeah, I just feel more and more like, oh, I, you know, I'm seeing how all of this ties in together and recognizing, you know, like, I think we, we have to sort of brand ourselves as like, okay, this is what, who I am and this is what I do. But the bottom line is there's a lot of different threads that tie in together. And it is okay to say, actually, my gift is all of this. And to, and to acknowledge that and recognize that rather than feeling like, well, I have to market myself as this. And so that's what I'm going to be. Yeah. I don't saying? do that. Like I, yeah. I put my, yeah, I put myself in a box for a really long time. I was like, I'm mm -hmm. a coach, I'm a coach, I'm a coach, but mm -hmm. I never felt like I fit into the world of coaching. You know, uh -huh. I was like, just like as a teacher, I was like, I'm not really, I'm not really a, like a stereotypical teacher. I don't, I don't, I loved what I did, but you know, there are some teachers that like, they're like obsessed with teaching. I wasn't that teacher. I enjoyed yeah. like once the door was closed and I was alone with my kids and, and in the, in my craft, that's when I loved teaching. I love doing what I do when I'm in my craft. So I love mentorship. I love coaching, but I also really love writing and again, speaking and telling my story. And I had to, I, I really struggled with, I couldn't just be one. And even now it's like, I can sit here and say I'm an author, but then it's like, you're also a speaker and you're also a mentor, you know, and it's just like, and I don't just work with moms and I don't just work with entrepreneurs and I don't just work with men. And I don't just work with new authors also. Cause that's, I started doing that too, where it was like, there were so many people who were like, you wrote a book and you published a book. How do I do what you do? And so mm -hmm. ultimately I don't really work with one specific type of person. It's like, if someone comes to me and is like, this is an area in your life that I'm inspired by. And I want to know how you did this thing. Mm -hmm. I can mentor them to do that thing, but like, that's not really marketable as far as, cause you know, it's like, yeah. it feels like pinning jello to a wall. I'm like, if I say I do this, then I'm missing out on all these people who might need my help. And if I say I do this, then I'm now missing out on all these people. So I'm like, I'm just going to tell my story and trust that the right people will come forward. <laughs> yep. Word. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you. Can you let people know where to find you? Yes. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Anne the Nomad. You can find me on my website, AnneLivingstonCoaching.com. And my book, Radical Rebirth, is available on Amazon. Fabulous. Thank you so much. What story is the world not getting? I'm Dr. Adrienne McKeon, aka The Story Whisperer. 
As a creation coach, my purpose is to help humans reconnect to themselves, to each other, and to the boundless creative energy that flows through each and every one of us. By releasing our unique perspectives and relatable experiences in the form of inspirational stories, not only do we give the world a precious gift that is ours alone to give, we help them really get our core message and come to a deeper understanding of the universal wisdom within it. Are you ready to reconnect? Good, because that's allowed. <laughs>